Hi, and welcome back to the Rebel Mama Hotline. This episode is sure to be juicy. We are asking, what's up with Instagram filters? And what's up with the Gen Z versus millennial drama? Oi. Well, <laughs> let's start this with the IG filter, shall we? Mm-hmm. They've gotten a little extreme lately. I discovered this the other day and I was messing around with them and discovered one that gave me an entirely new face and thought, we need to discuss this. So, it seems like there's new ones popping up every day via celebrities and influencers alike. Where the hell did they even come from? Yeah, it's so crazy. And I saw your story that you posted. And of course, you kind of look amazing, but you also look like a bot. Like, it's super weird. Anyways... We asked our social media guru and good friend, Casey Stewart, to chime in on how this all even started and where it's at now. Hi, my name is Casey Stewart, and I'm a Toronto-based creator. A couple years ago, I started making AR filters using Spark AR, which is a free program from Facebook. It was in beta at the time, and now it's open to anyone on the platform to make their own filters. And it was kind of inspired from Snapchat with the popularity of those filters as a fun way to enhance your Instagram story. We saw a lot of fun filters and then the rise of beauty filters. And in Spark AR, there's a slider tool which makes it really easy to add facial smoothing to any filter. You can also easily make the eyes bigger, slim the face. And I made a filter called Smooth AF, which was really bumped up smoothing. And it had 2.2 million impressions. 99% of those were women. And the biggest age bracket was 25 to 34. And I think this is something with these filters we really need to be aware of. They can create unrealistic beauty standards. They can affect your confidence, like feeling like you need to have a filter on. And I think that's something we need to be aware of. Yeah, so the nature of them is that they're user-built. And the reason they got so intense is because makeup artists started creating these fantasy girl filters, but now it's completely out of hand. It's so out of hand. Like, it's crazy. And we're adults. So how do we feel when we use them? Okay, so I'm guilty. I love a good filter that upgrades the color, that gives an image a good vintage vibe. And I'm guilty of using those filters that make me look slightly better than the rundown, garbage, trashy pandemic mom that I currently am. (laughs) Babe, you're not garbage, trashy. You're beautiful, okay? I know. I know I am. But you know, it's it's hard to totally walk away from that when they're available and you flip it on and you're like, ooh, this is kind of the person I could be if I tried. (laughs) But, you know, the ones that drastically change your face and make you kind of like an impossible version of yourselves are the ones that are really scary like your eyes your nose those tiny noses and those fat Kylie Jenner lips and the larger than life eyes and lashes you know it's one thing to fuck around with them at our age but definitely quite different when you're an impressionable tween and teen because I can separate myself from that. I can put it on and then kind of, you know, I know who I am and I've been on this planet a lot longer, but I'm not sure that a young girl can do the same so easily. They definitely can't. And that's what really scares me about this because we're seeing kids getting phones so young, which is to be expected. Mm -hmm. Nobody has a house phone. So like, how are you going to communicate? But then they're all on these apps and I just, I just don't know how you protect them from that, especially in the midst of a global pandemic where it's really their only connection to their friends. 
Yeah, it's such a tough judgment call for parents today to have to make. I just wonder how it would make me feel using them as a young woman. Like, what would that do to my self-image at that age, you know? Oof. Well, luckily, I have a little cousin who I guess is not so little anymore. Not so little. She's in her 20s. (laughs) But she came on the scene when these things were really growing in popularity. And so we asked her to chime in with her real world experience as someone who had access to these things at an impressionable age, but also as somebody who went on to get her first job out of university in the marketing department of Snapchat. So let's hear what she had to say. As someone who's on the cusp of being a Gen Z and millennial, I was situated at a unique position where I saw the emergence of social media when I was a teenager in high school, but it was a very different place. Pre-Facetune, pre-filters, pre-Instagram celebrity, where you could post silly things and the most novel achievement was reaching 11 likes so that the list of your friends' names would convert to a number. Um, Ironically enough, it was after I started college in 2014 that Snapchat had introduced its lens and filter feature. Think the flower crown and dog ears, but with a slim face, smooth skin, and fake eyelashes. It was the first time that we as a society had ever seen an AR software that was able to so effortlessly alter your features with the same lens that you were looking at yourself with. So you're looking into this virtual mirror, but generating a pseudo reality that depicted a morphed version of your features. It would only be a few years later that I would get my first job at Snapchat. And I remember sitting in one of my town halls uh, with one of the executives saying that they were proud to have created a lens through which people finally felt comfortable sharing images and videos of themselves to the world. And, you know, while the intention may have been pure and the impact was groundbreaking, to say the least, I have to look at where we are now, where we have men and women, especially going into plastic surgeons' offices and showing edited selfies that they took on Instagram, and even look at my own feed where it's impossible to find a story or selfie that isn't heavily filtered. You know, I can only hope that we can move past this movement to create a better world that values accepting who you are, in which young girls do not have to shape their identities behind a morphed version of themselves and other women. Bless her. Bless her self-reflective nature. (laughs) Yes, and it's... You know, it's it makes me nervous and it's so hard to come back from that. You know, when you're young and impressionable and you start using this, these things on a regular basis, it becomes your new reality. And those filters lead to fillers and surgery. And, you know, what's, what are all the psychological and practical effects of these things? Well, luckily, we have our friend Dr. Jackie Wilkins, who also contributed to our most recent book, Get Your Shit Together. And we had her chime in on some of those long-lasting psychological effects of fillers and surgery. So what she had to say was, of course, she prefaces it with no judgment or hate for other people, mostly women, but also non-binary and men too, who choose to take this route. Because after all, it's society's fault and the patriarchy's fault and it's all Mm -hmm. colonial bullshit that creates this mess. 
but it is damaging because it makes the standard of beauty something that is only attainable through injecting toxins into our face for thousands of dollars. Filters feed into this, as does Photoshop, obviously, and it's all madness. Botox, in fact, actually alters our neuropathway systems in our brains, literally altering our moods and even hormone secretions based on our facial cues or lack thereof. That's crazy. So crazy. (laughs) So either we choose to stand alone and age gracefully without this help, while others in their mid-30s are looking filter forward walking down the street, or we give in to the bullshit standards and compromise our own belief systems to be deemed beautiful. But then what do you look like later when you start so early too? You got to think about that, you know? I mean, you see some of that. What was that fashion show that recently, was it Fendi? Where Demi Moore came out with the face and everybody died yeah and then you look at people like Chrissy Turlington which is same generation who's aged gracefully and embraced her wrinkles and she actually looks more beautiful to be honest yeah Um, I think we don't know we I mean we don't know what the long-term effects of this stuff is yet like what happens to a girl who got fillers at age 17 like we just won't know for another couple of decades right it just it all feels like a slippery slope and it feels dangerous as fuck yes and so which begs the question what can we do to protect young girls from falling down this filter rabbit hole um one of the things we can do is model body positivity never speak ill of ourselves and our appearance in front of young girls i think that's a big one yeah i think that's probably the most important and most practical thing we can do. Um, Another thing is follow your kids on social media, get whatever the hell apps they're on and follow them. And if they don't like that, then maybe they lose that privilege. We need to actually see what the hell they're doing over there. Yes. I have some parent friends that do that. They're sort of like, if you want a phone and you want Snapchat and Instagram, then I'm going to be there too. And you have to allow me to follow you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, like who bought the phone? Like fuck off. Yeah. And it's dangerous out there. Like you don't know who's in their DMs. Like there's some scary people out there. But anyways, Um, another thing we can do is make sure they see images of beautiful unedited bodies. Consider this when you're buying art for home. Museums are great for this too. Renaissance bodies, of course, you know, I mean, and, and there are a lot of great role models that you can look to that aren't necessarily the standard of beauty, I guess you would say, but, and I, and at least the curves are in, I mean, that's a good thing. The curves are in and there's a whole other kind of gender non-binary aesthetic that's coming out through the younger generation that is hopefully becoming a new standard of beauty because it is beautiful and they're embracing you know Mm -hmm. their natural appearance and their body hair and their natural hair and all this stuff and I hope that we can actually take that lead and follow that because that seems to be the right way to go yeah another thing we can do also is provide them access to natural products that promote health from the inside out. Yes. Well, we'll take a break here and we'll be right back. We recently partnered with Bibi, 
a Canadian female-led retailer that focuses on the best in local and eco-minded brands. They carry amazing green skincare and planet-friendly products that will have you feeling beautiful inside and out, and have the planet feel a little sexier too. Shop our edits on therebelmama.com and receive 10% off your purchase with code REBELMAMA10. Okay, we are back and we're talking Gen Z versus millennial drama. (laughs) So in case you've been literally living under a rock, this drama started on TikTok where Gen Z declared that side parts and skinny jeans are no longer cool. (gasps) Da da da. (laughs) The response? Elder millennials are so upset. And this has thrown grown-ass women into an actual frenzy. But I'm over here saying that maybe we shouldn't be upset and maybe we should actually be grateful for the youngins looking out and letting us know that maybe it's time to set our bodies free and occasionally wear some pants that don't look like they were painted on. Like, occasionally? (laughs) Yeah, not the worst thing. No, this is liberating. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Having said that, rarely do we look to kids for fashion advice. We prefer the calculating eye of a long-standing style icon. Someone in their 60s or 70s or even 80s. We're all about that nona life over here. Exactly. So let's first attack this from strictly a vanity perspective and get our fashion mom, the one and only Lisa Corbo. If you're not following her on Instagram yet, do yourself a favor at Lisa Corbo. We asked her to chime in. Are skinny jeans actually over or are they here to stay? Let's hear what she had to say. There is a reason why they are called skinny jeans, girls. The same reason why we wear leggings. They can elongate any body type, but obviously with a boot and a tuck-in, elevate any outfit way better than wearing a legging. Skinny is the way to go. But, you know, I feel that the other thing that's good about skinny jeans is that if you do a tuck-in, you don't necessarily have to be wearing a heel. On the other hand, my favorite now is a flared jean, but for that I wear insane platforms because it's the only way that I can emphasize a slimmer, hopefully slimmer, upper leg. Let me know if you need more from me. Ciao, ciao. (laughs) She's the best. I love her so much. Well, as per our fashion mom, Looks like skinny jeans are here to stay if you want them to. And that is the whole fucking point, isn't it? Yes. yes. Wear whatever the hell you want. And I feel like the good thing that's going to come out of all of this is that more options will arise that don't leave seam imprints on the entire bottom half (laughs) of your body when you take them off. Like, this is good. I'm down for like a silk palazzo pant this year. Just saying. Yeah, and you don't have to stick just to one thing. No, sometimes it's a skinny jean and a boot and maybe like an oversized blazer. Sometimes it's going to be the, you know, mom jeans, classic Levi's cut and a cropped sweater. Like, mix it up, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just fashion. It's meant to be playful. Exactly. That this whole drama, I mean, from a Gen X perspective, because I'm a little bit older, my first thought is, 
or was, are people really fighting over this, like side parts and skinny jeans? And the media is actually picking this up as a story. I saw it on the news the other day. So of course, teens are not going to agree on what an older generation does. You think I liked what my mom wore when I was a teenager in the 90s? Uh, no. <laughs> no. The, no. The difference is there was no social media then, so which gives you this false idea that your point of view is much more important than it actually is. And no one really cares about your opinion. So the same goes for the grown-ass women who are publicly retaliating. Like, you know the youngins will always think they're the coolest and their shit doesn't stink until they live a little. So I don't think anyone should really be taking any of it to heart and needing to get their panties in a twist. I totally agree with you. And from a, you know, high-level philosophical perspective, this feud just speaks to the cyclical nature of time and generations. Millennials got a wake-up call a couple weeks ago that they're not the young ones on the scene anymore. Gen Mm -hmm. Z is coming of age now, and they're forging their new path, and they're trying to separate themselves from the generation that came before them, as all generations do. But the thing is that millennials and Gen Z are more similar than they are not. We really, at the end of the day, want the same things. Like, we were the ones that joined the Women's March together in light of the Me Too movement. You know, we protested gun laws together. Mm -hmm. We generally hate conservative politics. We're, (laughs) you know, we're here to improve the outcome of the environment. And, you know, we've also been unlucky enough to live through massive recessions as young adults. Millennials have lived through two, Gen Z's one. And when it comes down to it, it's up to us as a team to save the world from the shitstorm that boomers created for us. Absolutely. (laughs) It's so funny how people get all bent out of shape about things, though. No, we need to be allies. Do not drive a wedge between us. We can do so much more together than we can if we're fucking bickering over goddamn side parts and skinny jeans. (laughs) Don't don't waste your time. (laughs) Anyways, we have... My 21-year-old niece, Bella, and she would love to just weigh in on this. So here are her thoughts. Play them for you now. Hi, I'm Bella. I'm 21. So I'm kind of in that cusp period between millennials and Gen Z. And I think the whole drama has been pretty funny. I can, I've been seeing both sides of it. I will say that millennials should probably not take it so seriously because teenagers are always going to think that adults are less cool than they are. I thought that as a teenager, there's probably lots of people who thought as a teenager that they were way cooler than the adults in their life. So I think that that'll always be true. Um, and just, you know, don't be offended. Like, yeah, middle parts and baggier jeans are in now. It's just a trend. You don't know when it'll go. You don't know when it'll come back. But you don't have to retaliate against teenagers because they're just teenagers at the end of the day. They'll learn. It's okay it's okay guys it's okay just leave it you don't need to retaliate but she nails it you know that's the thing she was a judgmental teen too just like we all were and now she's older and wiser I'm honestly still not quite sure why this went as viral as it did but I'm chalking it up to the low on content and news stories that aren't COVID related these days Agreed. Um, (laughs) as for us honestly I know what looks good on me I'm happy to continue living my life my way and not making TikTok videos. And (laughs) yeah, I'll just continue dressing and, you know, doing my makeup and my hair the way it suits me best. 
Yeah. And I'm going to embrace this idea of freeing our bodies from the confines of skinny jeans. Like, I'm going to part my hair wherever the hell it falls naturally, which is what you should do. (laughs) Gen Z ladies with widow peaks will thank us for paving that way for them when they come of age fully. But, you know, at the end of the day, whatever the hell we're wearing, we have to continue to fight together to create a sustainable future where we can all be 70, 80, 90 years old together, breathing fresh air and watching our grandkids thrive in an equitable and gender fluid environment, just as God herself intended. Yes, all of that. Take that energy and put it somewhere useful. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And on that note... Thank you so much for joining us today for episode four of the Rebel Mama Hotline. We will be back same place, same time next week. We don't know what we're discussing yet, though. (laughs) I was going to say, we're going to be discussing this and this, but we haven't figured it out yet. So if you have any ideas, feel free to hit us up. Before we sign off, we want to say a huge thank you to everybody that chimed into this conversation today. Casey Stewart, Lisa Corbo, Cousin Rachel, Niece Bella, Dr. Jackie Wilkins. We love you guys so much. Thank you for your contributions. The song you're listening to is called Name a Number off the debut album Unrequited by Roshan. Stream it now on Apple Music. See you next week.